0: a bad time this time of year how many times is he going to tell this story oh let him tell it i love fairy tales this ain't no fairy tale little girl if you don't take it seriously you're a fool <laughs> the first valentine's dance in 20 years has to be something special Look, Landers, you gotta get a lot of exercise if you're gonna grapple with Gretchen. Oh, yeah? Well, I got a valentine for her that she's never gonna forget. Right to the heart, huh? In this town on Valentine's Day, everybody loses their heart. Roses are red, violets are blue is dead and so are you it can't be happening again no! it can't be happening again what's going on over in Valentine Bluffs it looks like Harry Warden's back in town it happened once it happened twice cancel the dancer it'll happen thrice
1: Welcome to Definitely First Blood, my name is
2: Mitch And I am Christopher And we are a horror movie podcast We talk about horror movies From the 70s, the 80s The 90s, the 2000s Sometimes today Pretty much just whenever Can you imagine
1: what's going to happen after 2020 And we have to be like
2: And and the
1: 2010s And (laughs) and then every year, like eventually We'll just have to say every decade
2: Yeah, because we'll definitely be doing this For like 15, 20 more years, I think. At least. At least. At least. Except then, in the future times, podcasting will instead be... uh, neurolink. Yeah. uh, Stem stem casting, because it'll go right to your brainstem.
1: That's so true. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad to see we
2: both have been visiting the same sites. Yes, for sure. To learn about this. How are you? I'm good. This goes up on Friday, so it is now the day after Valentine's Day. And boy, Valentine's Day,
1: oh, (laughs) Wow, boy, are my arms tired? <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? Oh
2: uh, boy, <laughs> that old um, chestnut. Yeah, uh, nothing, uh, nothing going on with me this week. How no. about you?
1: I'm all right. We had a big ice storm. We did. Yeah, which was like most other ice storms. Trash, garbage. Nothing actually ended up happening. Well, everything
2: ended up getting canceled, which was delightful. that's
1: true. But like nothing, like fell over or anything. Which true. is what I get excited for. Not
2: that we know of, anyway. I don't know. I you never know, read our local news. That's so true. You know, they never, no one reads their local news anymore. It's sad. I mean, our local news is so well done, <laughs> well produced. Anyway, some horror stuff did happen <laughs> this week. Uh, trailers for, uh, the second trailer for Pet Cemetery came out, mm-hmm. and I have not seen it. But I've read about it so I know what's in it and people seem upset by the fact that the trailer just uh, ruined what could have potentially been quite a surprise.
1: Yeah, there have been a lot of movies, remakes that have come out, or even new movies where it's like the advertisements hide significant plot elements so when we get to see them... It's like a holy shit, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh so really nice to see uh <laughs> just someone saying, Fuck it, let's just give it well, all away. Again. I don't
2: know. I feel like I disagree. I think trailers now give everything away. Oh and like def- it's pretty consistent. Um like I that's specifically why I did not watch the uh hereditary trailer and yeah. I'm glad that I didn't.
1: Whereas for me, watching the hereditary trailer just made it even more crazy. Because I was led to
2: believe false things, which was great. And uh, I applaud them for it. See, I don't know. Like, I know neither of us really care about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, we probably will see it. And if I oh, wasn't Trudel. expecting things, and then, I don't know. It would have been a nice surprise. Um, but I don't want to talk about it too much because there might be people listening who haven't watched yeah. it and haven't read anything about it. So so don't watch it, don't read it. Continue not to do that, and we won't spoil knows. anything here. Yeah. Uh, the first teaser slash kind of trailer for Child's Play came out. Um, again, I, I feel like that one, it doesn't really matter as much if you watch the trailer, so I'm excited to see a second trailer from that because, I mean, You know what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm excited to see Aubrey Plaza do her thing in that role, though. Me, too. Fucking love Aubrey Plaza. Big Aubrey Plaza fan. I can't
1: think of a single thing we've watched her in, and that includes the Grumpy Grumpy Cat Cat Christmas Christmas (laughs) that uh, has not been enhanced by her work. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. If you haven't seen Grumpy Cat Christmas, <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> no, don't wait until next year. Download it now. It was a it was a Lifetime original movie. Yeah, I'm
2: pretty sure most people know about it. Oh, I do did, they?
1: Yeah, I think it came out like six years ago now. That's true. <laughs> Anyways, Aubrey Plaza plays the running monologue voice of the titular Grumpy Cat. I'm sure. And um, she threw out the script and just did her own, and it's really good, so watch that. <laughs> Not a horror movie. Don't get confused. Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome.
2: I'm sure people would have been absolutely shocked if they haven't already seen it. (laughs) Anyways, uh, any other trailers? No, I think that's really the only ones Mm. that I watched anyway or paid attention to. I'm sure some other ones did come out. Me too. Uh, Oh, there's
1: the What what We Do in the Shadows TV series trailer. Oh, true. That did. Which looks just as good as that movie was. So hopefully they can keep
2: it up. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, like, that absence of Taika Waititi will be uh, missed in terms of him being a character. Very it, but... true.
1: Very true. Yeah. But I say that about most things that he's not You know me. Always saying that.
2: As the dogs upstairs seem to know, every time we are recording the podcast, you may hear them in the background again. And But, um, unfortunately, if we wait for them to stop barking, it may be months before we are able to record this episode. So...
1: They're never going to stop. We're going to power through. Do love barking. Just power right through. It's one of their favorite things, <laughs> is to
2: bark. Yes, yeah, so today we are celebrating Valentine's Day. Yes. By talking about, or perhaps I should really play up the Canadian accent and say, a boot, <laughs> considering the strength of the Canadian accents in this movie. Uh,
1: they're delightful.
2: Uh, we're talking about My Bloody Valentine, the original, not the remake. 1981. 1981. Directed by George Mahalka, Mm -hmm. and written by John Beard. Stars Paul Kelman as TJ, Laurie Hallier as Sarah, Neil Affleck as Axel, Uh, and actually kind of interesting, Mm -hmm. Neil Affleck, he does still act, however, he seems to mostly work doing animation timing now. Oh. So... He does, he is the animation timer on The Simpsons. He was the animation timer on Rocco's Modern Life and Whoa. Rugrats, which is interesting. Whoa. Yeah. And then um, Cynthia Dale as Patty, Rob Stein as John. I don't know. That's Lots fine. of these people still work, but it's nothing like super exciting. Otherwise, That's fine. I would.
1: Animation timer yeah. on
2: shows I've watched. As a child. <laughs> hmm. So he's always been a
1: part of your heart, bud. Wow. <laughs> Creepy. I wonder how many other people there are
2: like that. Probably a, like, oh, oodles, probably a fair oodles, few, I would imagine. oodles yeah. of them.
1: All of them have been in horror
2: movies. I yeah. mean, it's a good starting point for a lot of actors and stuff. People Apparently getting into so. the industry. so. Apparently Especially so. around this time when people were throwing money behind it so willy-nilly because they were so successful.
1: Yeah. Financially speaking.
2: Oh, for sure.
1: So... Uh, shall we get into the plot? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we start at some awesome Dutch angles, and there are two miners walking through the mine in their little miner outfits. <laughs> they both have big-ass pickaxes.
2: They make their way through the place until they find a sexy locale. Yep. Then one strips down, and she's a woman! What? <laughs> a woman in the mine?
1: She's oh my god. Got a
2: very intense blue green eyeshadow. Mm-hmm. A heart tattoo on her chest right above where her heart might be. She starts caressing the other minor, but he doesn't want her to take his mask off. So yeah. the groping intensifies, groping that mask. He pushes her back onto the pickaxe and it sticks right through her heart and she dies.
1: Heart. Oh, both hearts.
2: Yeah. Her real heart, her boob and
1: mm-hmm. the heart tattoo cut to pff, title screen my bloody valentine dripping mm-hmm. blood i wonder why they both had pickaxes down there if they were just going down there to fuck
2: maybe it was part of it was he was sneaking her down there mm-hmm. so she had to look the part
1: that makes a lot of sense maybe they have a pickaxe fetish
2: maybe who knows anyway she's
1: dead i'm assuming uh and then the next i don't know next scene a uh, bunch of lads in the mine
2: yeah coal faced young dudes finishing up for the day razzing each other hustling each other topless while showering talking about dick size and banging playing, their girlfriends on saturday night playing grab ass yeah, <laughs> hey. enjoy your walk
0: up yeah real cool why'd you guys wait oh, Vanders, you gotta get a lot of exercise if you're gonna grapple with gretchen there oh yeah well, I got a Valentine for her that she's never gonna forget. <laughs> <laughs> right to the heart, Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be
2: a hot time on Saturday night! <laughs> Woo! Woo! Taste of whiskey. Do anything else with that except throw it over your shoulder and burp it? Ah, get lost, Axel. <laughs> oh, a bunch of crowds.
0: Things haven't changed a bit. Same as always. <laughs> Man, you wish you never came back. Especially now since Sam going out with Axel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get off my nose. I don't give a damn.
1: You know, that whole thing. Uh, I love this shower room uh, because you take off your clothes and you just tie them to a string and they just go into the ceiling. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about them anymore. (laughs) It's perfect.
2: Uh, The guys are TJ, Mm -hmm. Axel, Hollis, John, Howard, and Mike. Sounds about right to me. And maybe Dave John. I To be honest with
1: you, I didn't... Follow many of their names <laughs> at all Which is fine
2: We get the idea that TJ has just recently Returned mm-hmm. to the Town, the mine And They all run out to their trucks To dun, 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 Yeah there's dun, like dun, a banjo
1: Because the last one to the bar Has to pay for the first round of drinks Or something like that yeah. So they're like pantsing each other Standing in front of the cars What not
2: all drive into town where their girlfriends are decorating the Union Hall for the Valentine's dance. And the ladies are Sarah, Patty, mm-hmm. Gretchen, and Cynthia. Sylvia. Sylvia. Not Cynthia. No. Sylvia. Yeah. Helen Udy. Ah.
1: Um, this is like a small town of like 3,700 yeah, people. Valentine's Bluff. And they have a, one of those big signs with a heart on it so you know that... They, they know, too. <laughs> the small
2: town with a big heart. Ha-ha! Uh, it's the first dance in 20 years, we find out, yes. due to circumstances.
1: Circumstances. Also in this scene, first of all, always so cute to see these old-school dance decoration scenes back when they knew how to do yeah. dance decorations. <laughs> uh, no t- no like, LED T lights or anything. And something I noticed, so when Sarah... Goes to Axel. Yeah, he lifts her up by her face.
2: No, that's uh Sylvia and John. Sylvia
1: and John. Okay, it was a misdirection.
2: It's (laughs) well, it it echoes how she dies later, right?
1: Yes, I that's what I point. Yeah, Sarah's like the
2: main character, okay, and Axel is like the main guy, other than TJ.
1: I must have just gotten them confused, but yeah, I noticed because I was like, wow, I've um
2: never thought to pick someone up by their face before. It's because she's so little. She is very little. (laughs) She's
1: very small.
2: Uh, The mayor, who is also TJ's dad Mm -hmm. and the owner of Hanegar Mine, busy man comes in and shits all over the kids. You're supposed to be decorating the hall, not each other, because Howard gets paint all over him. And pretends to be murdered. Ah. Ah. Um, And then TJ is mad to see his dad.
0: Where you going, son? I always go this time of day
2: for another beer and a real good nose pick. He goes where he goes all the time
1: to the bar. Right. I, I love the mayor's line. He's my son and he'll work in the mine. Er. He, he loves that
2: mine, <laughs> I guess. So he leaves and the mayor leaves. Uh, that police chief newbie who's also mm-hmm. there. Uh, Howard runs out with a valentine's box that i guess someone had just left there
1: oh mayor someone left us for you (laughs) and a lot of this random leaving of boxes Mm. where no one knows who left it very mysterious
2: and then when the mayor is driving with the sheriff he reads the poem Mm -hmm. attached to this heart box with the beautiful poem Mm -hmm. from the heart comes a warning filled with bloody good cheer remember what happened
1: As the 14th draws near. When he opens it, uh, there's not candy inside. There's a human heart.
2: Presumably from our opening victim. Yeah.
1: Uh, And the sheriff and the mayor are not happy to see this.
2: And there's very little blood in this heart, whereas Mm. the later gifts are quite bloody. Yeah. Maybe
1: he's been saving it for just this occasion. Who knows? Uh, Anyways, while they like spin around and they drive back into town to talk more about it. Uh there's a just like this stray dog that chases them. Yeah. yeah. I love it.
2: I assume they're driving back to the police station. Yeah. yeah. To turn the heart in to the heart box. <laughs> Uh at the bar they're all having a quite a raucous time. They're playing finger knives or whatever yeah, the fuck. Five finger
1: fillet where you stab between your fingers and Yikes. try not to stab on your fingers. <laughs>
2: while Happy the bartender tells the story of Harry Warden to them.
0: I know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you now. This town is accursed. It started 20 years ago. It was the night of the Valentine's Day dance at the Union Hall. The biggest event of the year. It had been a tradition for over 100 years. Everybody was there except for Seven miners who were out at the Hanegar mine, five of them still down below. Two supervisors were waiting for the men to come up. Anxious to get to the party, they left before the men were safely out, failing to check the methane gas levels in the tunnels down below. Five men were buried alive as the town continued its party. <laughs> For six weeks, we dug around the clock to try to save them. After we broke through, one man was found alive. I was the one who found <laughs> Harry Warden spent the next year in the state mental hospital. Exactly one year later. On Valentine's Day, he came back to town. He killed the two supervisors who had left the post the year before. Then he cut out their hearts and stuffed them into heart-shaped candy boxes. That night at the dance, he found the boxes, blood dripping out the sides. Inside was a note, a warning from Harry: never to hold. Valentine's Dance ever again. Every February 14th, Harry comes back to town, his pickaxe stained with blood, waiting in the shadows of the Hennigar mine just for someone to kill, should they not heed his warning. It could be you. I know what I'm saying forget about having a party at all on saturday night or you may not live to see daylight
1: cut it out old man you know that's just a legend <laughs> like that sort of stuff i don't know so he had to in the dark eat all of the other people
2: mr harry warden
1: not worth it in my opinion the
2: flashback has amazing visuals i guess the whole movie really does i really like the way this Me movie looks too but it's i really fantastic. liked the, the flashback scenes it's got a little bit
1: of that mistiness to it yeah and f- for like an amateur film the editing in it is really fast and really good
2: i don't know i really liked it they like the kids as they always do write the whole thing off and then serenade the waitress harriet in regards to her virginity
1: yeah limerickly harass her <laughs> is what i have written down here
0: <laughs> Been robbed of her
2: Sarah takes her leave from the main group to go talk with t j yeah. under the guise of putting a song on the jukebox mm-hmm.
1: and I don't even remember what she says, but it's basically like the, uh this is your fault, you should accept things the way they are. Yeah, I think
2: that's a very reasonable thing to say. She's like, why can't you just accept things the way that they are? Because I don't, yeah. what if I don't like things the way that they are? Yeah. What a, what yeah, a, yeah. a wiener. He's a big wiener. <laughs> uh, he brushes her off, he isn't yeah. really into it, he's very gruff with her. and
1: He's a grumpy man. Yeah.
2: The cop and the mayor go to the medical examiner or the mortician or something. Something like that. Uh, with the heart, they try and reach the mental institution where Warden was staying, I guess. Mm-hmm. They never really explain that he was re-caught after leaving that ominous warning or anything. Oh, yeah, true. But it doesn't really matter. Because you
1: would think. Yeah, that's so true.
2: Um, but there's no answer or whatever. The coroner's like, this heart
1: belonged to a 30-year-old woman, <laughs> which... I mean, I guess it's written right on the heart, but
2: very convenient. <laughs> uh, Mabel, who I think we forgot to mention when we were talking about the dance. Mm-hmm. She's like the local laundress. She seems to have a yes. thing with both the mayor and the chief, like a flirtatious relationship. Yeah. She's like the the nice lady in town. She's spearheading the Valentine's Day dance. The only adult woman I think we see. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, they're all adults, but I mean like, the, like older woman Mm -hmm.
1: and she's so she's in charge of the dance she's been decorating the whole town and it looks pretty amazing for a one-woman production
2: absolutely she does a fantastic job she's very excited about everything Mm -hmm. um and she's working at her laundromat which is also decked out amazing colors in the laundromat it's red and white and teal I don't know, all of the colors in this movie are really great. This movie looks fantastic, especially in, like, the Blu-ray quality. Yeah, I mean, even though the, like, scenes that were cut and edited in obviously aren't as... Well, they weren't, like, colored or Mm -hmm. anything. It's just, like, they found the actual film and they spliced it in, which is totally fine because it doesn't really bother me. No, not at all. at
1: all. And I it's sort of like a it's like an effect. Insaniac vision. Yeah. Like, oh my god, look at all this blood, look at all this sort of stuff. Like that sort of <laughs> I I don't know, I like it.
2: Um, she's closing up. She's the only one there. We see the miner sneak in.
1: Yeah, he's watching her from the window.
2: Leaves a box before hiding and So she comes in, reads the poem on the box.
0: I wonder who sent this? Jake? (laughs) (laughs) Roses are red, violets are blue. One is dead, and so are you.
2: Lights go off. The miner comes out and starts chasing her as she tries to run away. It's pretty spooky. Yeah, because there's really nowhere for her to go. And then she gets pickaxed. Ouch. Cut to the boys in the junkyard trying to cook food on a car radiator or something. Yeah, they have a bunch of... I don't of, know what cars are. Uh, like TV
1: dinners that they're here. Oh,
2: I didn't really notice what it was. That they yeah, were.
1: I didn't at first either, but then... Uh, one of them, like, walks out with this, like, thing of tinfoil. So I assume. Nice.
2: Yeah. Axel's playing the old harmonica. And TJ mm-hmm. pops in with a bottle of... TJ has the worst Canadian accent out of any of the actors in this movie. It's great. I love it. Me too. He also dresses the best. Stunning clothes in this movie. Vibrant. Like, aesthetic as fuck for Yeah, it, for Christopher. It's it's
1: like a Canadian giallo, almost. Yeah. In terms of in terms of like the no, color. No, I think that's
2: a, 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 a good observation yeah, for
1: sure. I don't know. Anyways, uh, they're all at the scrapyard, like you said. And then it turns into uh, TJ and Axel having like dueling harmonicas.
2: Remember that part? Yeah. Yeah, weird. I don't know. Uh, so he gives a bottle of liquor to mm-hmm. Axel so they can talk things out in regards to Sarah dating Axel now instead of him. And I gotta say, I'm totally with Axel on this. It's crazy that TJ seemingly just disappeared without a word. For a year. And then came back and wanted his entire life back, including Sarah. Like, what was she supposed to do? Wait for him and shit?
1: Hold a candle.
2: That's asking a lot of everyone. It's very selfish. You
1: know who I agree with the most? Sarah. Sarah. (laughs) Because these guys, everyone's just arguing about her as though she's just like, Oh, whoever wins yeah, Or something like that But she's not like that at all No,
2: I really like when she stands up for herself later in the movie Yeah, too. me it's too It's a, a good character moment, I think
1: Well, without her, no, no nobody would have lived
2: Oh, absolutely yeah. not So, anyways <sighs> The next day Friday, the 13th
1: Dun oh. dun dun
2: The cop calls the hospital again Uh, And he learns that they have no record of Harry Warden, so he's either dead, transferred, or he was never there to begin with.
1: Yeah, which is very comforting. And he's very
2: sassy with this receptionist woman, and it's like, it's not like she has a computer system in front of her, bro. Yeah. How the fuck is she supposed to know? You don't even know what a computer is. I guess it's maybe talk, like, can be looked at as like he's from this small town where this insaniac is the most important person (laughs) and she works at this mental hospital where it's like he's one of probably fucking 300 insane people here true if he's here at all it's really he's a big deal to you but in here he's nothing which goes back to the whole tj thing because when he left he's big fish small pond Mm -hmm. and then when you go to the lake you realize you're just a regular fish
1: (laughs) yeah it's like when you first start in pokemon and then eventually you go to the elite four yes yeah what no i don't know what i'm talking about
2: i'm just saying like (laughs) he probably thought he was big shit in this small town and then he went to i assume toronto and was like, oh. I'm no one. It's like when people are like the most attractive person in their small mm-hmm. town and then they go to LA and they're like, oh, everyone here is the most attractive person from their small town.
1: It's so funny that you mentioned that because when they said, oh, you went out west, I naturally just was like, oh, I went to British Columbia. <laughs> but when you're in Newfoundland, everything nova is Scotia, nova, west. Excuse me. Pardon me. And I think perhaps it's everything is to the supposed
2: west. to be, is it supposed to be Nova Scotia? Because they refer to Raleigh. As being where the hospital is. Hmm. So I thought perhaps it's supposed to be North Carolina in terms of the movie. I don't know. Because they don't refer to the police as RCMP
1: at all. That's true. Or even like NSP. I don't know if Canadian towns have sheriffs.
2: No. Well, he's a chief. 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 But he would be constable if it was Canadian. I don't know. I don't know the intricacies of... What the, the police The Canadian are. police system. Yeah. Nor I've do never, I care. Never encounter them. It's fantastic. I I hope to.
1: Never too. never yes.
2: <laughs> so. Uh, anyway, they're like, fuck, how do you not know where this is? She's like, well, we could check the micro feel, yeah. but that could take several days. And he's like, great. See, Talk to you then. <laughs> Goodbye. You don't, I don't,
1: he just hangs up on her.
2: <laughs> uh, Sarah and Patty are going to work at the hardware. Grocery department store thing Something they, like that They work that. at Talking about Sarah's whole situation With the boys mm-hmm. And Patty's dress Which is cut down to there Slid up to here And she may not get out alive
1: <laughs> And when you
2: see the dress It's really nothing Too fantastic No there, it, has, it is neither cut down to there Nor slid up to there
1: I mean maybe by 1980s standards <laughs> Who
2: knows, Who knows? Um, The cop shows up At Mabel's laundry To mm-hmm. look for her and we see we see behind him that the running machine is all red and bloody, but he doesn't really notice. Mm-hmm. He then smells something though. He sees an upside down heart, a series of them, and he knows something is wrong. And he smells something, so he opens the dryer, and her gross, crispy, gory body flops out. Yeah. So, did the killer come back in the morning and turn the machines back on? Or did they just run endlessly in the 80s? I and that's why you had to be like a laundress and also have someone to, watch, to know that. watch them.
1: Because it didn't make sense to me. But who knows? Maybe these are fancy machines.
2: Maybe. I don't know. I truly have no idea.
1: But I liked it. I also <laughs> liked... Both times, like, Mabel goes behind this curtain to the back room yeah. and the the uh, chief of police. But we never really see what's behind the curtain, even though we see from the perspective of behind the curtains. So it's like a mysterious liminal space. Anything could be back there. Anything. Anything.
2: Or anyone. Ah! Anyway. Uh, probably more hallow- uh, <laughs> Valentine's Day decorations, so. so, In the mind, TJ and Axel have a pissing contest Mm -hmm. and almost come to blows because Axel, who is, I assume, the foreman in some respect, is telling TJ what to do and TJ's being a huge brat about it. He's being too slow. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Riding riding TJ's ass. It's like, just kiss already. Just Why are you fighting? Just make out. It
1: just seems like such a waste of time to fight over this sort of crap. (laughs) Also, you're too whatever, miles below the surface of the earth in what is essentially a murder chamber I waiting to I believe this mine
2: is even, they're below the water.
1: Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So, uh, don't fuck around as much. I would imagine. Try to take things a little bit more seriously. <laughs> I mean, there's so much safety messaging anywhere in this mine. God bless the mayor. It always says, safety first, safety always. <laughs> like shit like that. Uh, so.
2: Uh, the cops and mayor wheel out Mabel's bod and the sheriff tells them to say it was a heart attack. Um, which I don't think really makes sense. Well, I don't wanna call because it because it makes no difference because then they rip down all the Valentine's Day stuff under the guise of, Oh, Mabel died, so we should do this. Should
1: honor her by not
2: And has no one noticed this missing dead woman from the opening? She had no right? no one.
1: No one. They don't even mention it. Not even like, oh, where's, where's Maybe she Cuba? was a
2: prostitute or something? I don't know. I don't know either. No one knows. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so they find a note in her chest where her heart should be Mm -hmm. that says... It happened once. It
0: happened twice. Cancel the dance or it'll happen thrice.
2: So they decide to cancel the dance and tear all the decorations down. They're really bummed out about it at the Union Hall and they question the sheriff's reasoning, logically so, because he's like, well, Mabel's dead. We don't think it's appropriate. They're like mabel did all of this she would have wanted this to happen
1: and the chief is like no parties. no parties period end of the you adult
2: people i could control everything Ah. everything you do um they finish up at the mine for the day and tj's all clean and spiffy while the rest of them are still dirty and chewing tobacco axel's pissed he is. But we learn that the reason for him being so clean must be because he's planning to go see Sarah and Kitch Woo. Kidnapper,
1: basically. He <laughs> goes to the where she works and is just like, okay, get into the car. And she's like, I don't want to go. And he's like,
2: ha ha, we're going. <laughs> Surprise. And he brings her out to the bluffs where to I don't know, smooch, and there's romantic music swelling and seagull noises. And she's like,
1: why didn't you write
2: or yeah, call? Yeah, she asks all of the right questions about why he didn't write or call. Uh, I guess it's because he was embarrassed because, as he says, he fell on his ass out there. And he made too many mistakes. He tells her that he loves her and apologizes, and they smooch. Cut to the tavern later, mm-hmm. where Axel asks TJ if he's seen Sarah. And to be honest, Axel is a babe. Yeah, you didn't think so?
1: Uh, not as much as other people in the movie.
2: John is like the babe. Yeah, I don't think TJ's cute, but I like buy him as small town guy. Maybe Cause it's he just looks like people I grew up with. Instead.
1: Maybe it's just because uh, I find Axel to be unhinged already. <laughs> like when he's laughing in the bar, it's yeah. the exact same laugh as in the end. Just like that's true. compressed down a bit. Never a good sign when someone laughs like that just out in the open. If you're in a movie, anyways.
2: Yeah. Sarah walks home alone while wondering what she's going to tell Axel mm-hmm. and then gets spooked by the chief when he flashes a light directly in her eyes just right like outside of her helmet. house. He's yeah.
1: <laughs> like, no, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Sorry to scare you. <laughs> just, you know, doing my normal thing as the chief of police and walking around outside at night. Yeah.
2: Uh, back at the tavern, the rest of them decide that if they can not have a dance... Yes. Why don't we
0: have a valentine party?
2: Yeah, yeah. Party.
0: <laughs>
2: Where? Whoopi's
0: got this whole town locked up, bright guy. How about my father's my mine, huh? TJ you crazy? The
1: <laughs> mine! That's mine.
0: In the mine! Yeah.
1: Yeah. That'd be great.
0: You would! What a blast! In the mine, that's exactly what it would
2: be. Oh, oh it'd be great!
0: Yeah, come on, Alice. We got everything we need down there. We got see, uh, We got a rec room. We got a pool table. Everything.
2: Yeah, in the mine,
0: where people get killed and eaten. <laughs> where, Harry Woods? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Beware of what you make fun of, you little asshole. Who you? Forget about having a party at all tomorrow night.
1: My favorite part about this is all the dudes basically being like, that's such a terrible idea. I love it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not going to collapse at all. Great. Let's go and do it. Like, they're really yeah. underscoring how much this is a bad idea,
2: <laughs> but how little they care. At said mine, the old crotchety bartender, mm-hmm. uh, Happy, is kicking around. Uh, he's planning to spook the kids with a Harry Warden dummy. And And he's
1: also dressed up as Harry Warden. Boy,
2: does he love his handiwork. He keeps opening and closing the door after he sets his dummy up and laughing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's really funny, bud, because (laughs) because the pickaxe
2: just comes down.
1: Yeah. Or up. It doesn't matter. It's hilarious
2: and very scary. So he goes to walk away, but then he decides to do it one last time, one last taste, and then he really gets his shit fucked up amazingly. He
1: gets like a under the chin pickaxe up through the orbital socket that pushes his little eye
2: out. Yeah, it's great. It's really gruesome and grisly, and I loved the special effects work. Mm-hmm. So, do you do you think since he's dead, one of the
1: people from uh, this current day disaster will be the one to take over the bar to tell the stories to scare all the kids? Maybe, yeah. I hope so. Maybe now it'll be that's John.
2: A Ooh, yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh, the next day, the Valentine's decorations blow around the town symbolically, while Hanager and newbie look concerned. Uh, the youths invade the mine mess hall and toss food e- food at each yeah, other back and
1: forth for no reason.
2: All looking very cute too. Mm-hmm. Mike, uh, sorry, TJ's got a fancy little kerchief on. Yeah. Cute little little bandana tied around his hand. His shirt gets worn very cute as the movie goes on. At the station, a deputy lets the chief know that a heart-shaped box has come for him. Oh, shit. So he opens it, thinking the worst, but it seems to just be regular old chocolate.
1: And it's from Mabel. Yeah. So sad.
2: Very sad. It is, because she didn't do anything wrong. No. She loved too hard. <laughs> The party is getting wild. Mm -hmm. Everyone's pairing off. John and Sylvia sneak off. Uh, The bartender, Harriet and Mike, one of the other dudes, uh, play pool. Mm -hmm. It's all cute. One of the dudes, Dave, I think? Mr. Leather Jacket and Tie. Yeah, who's got a baby face. Yes. I guess he's... From a bunch of hockey, French hockey movies around this time.
1: Weird, I love it.
2: And he continues to reprise the role in TV series based on it and stuff. Whoa! Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Whoa, really? Yeah, that's wild. (laughs) So he goes to the kitchen to get some food, and then he gets his voice. His voice. His face boiled in hot dog water. Yeah,
1: I also wrote down boiling hot dog totally water.
2: Totally wildly boiling unsupervised. Hot dogs take like two seconds to cook. Aren't aren't most of them like already cooked? And also it is to insane to at? boil hot dogs, no offense out there, guys. They're so much better if you bake them.
1: But then you don't have that hot dog water. Gross. Mm. Just a little cup of that at night before mm. bed. Mm mm. Ugh, to be delicious. Throw up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Really good effects.
2: Uh, The sheriff back at Old Sheriff Town hears some dogs barking outside the station. There's lots of random dogs in this movie. A lot. And he goes out and he finds a bloody heart box with a note saying that they didn't stop the party. Ominous.
1: And he's almost like shocked that there's blood on it, just seeing it. One of those dogs did not want to give up. That that was was his chocolate box. Very angry dog. I feel bad for them, all these stray dogs. (laughs) just no one to love them or give them their own valentines
2: at the the hall the mess place whatever the messy place uh, axel is really trying to make up with sarah despite her objections and saying no and telling him to stop Mm -hmm. (laughs) and sarah has some good lines here where she really asserts her independence oh come on
0: will you please stop it yes
2: you better back off there
0: axel back the fuck off man We were doing just fine until you decided to come crawling home. Well, in case you haven't noticed, things have changed around here. She don't want nothing to do with you. Do you mind? I have my own mouth, thank you. Then why don't you use it? Tell them. Tell me what? She wants to come back with me. Oh, bullshit! Why don't you both just back off? You're acting like a couple of jerks. Oh, well, you just love it, don't you? That's it.
2: I have my own voice. I have my own mouth. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And then TJ tells Axel that Sarah wants to get back with him, and they fight, and Axel leaves, and then TJ apologizes to Sarah, and she's really fucking over it all. She she has a great line here. She's like, TJ,
1: please stop
0: it. I
2: just don't care anymore. Just leave me alone. It's just stop. I just don't care anymore. <laughs> it's so
1: perfect. And applies to so many things in my own mind. Yeah. It's then wonderful. Then
2: Howard breaks the mood. We should turn that into a, a gif. Yeah, we should. Then Howard breaks the mood by snorting some more beer, which is a thing he was doing earlier, his cool party trick.
1: So gross. Moosehead.
2: head... Uh, Largely featured in this movie, it must have been a sponsor in some way.
1: It is on every box that they carry. Yeah, there's a giant moose head sign in the bar, and the only beer that they drink is <laughs> moose head. I mean, not that I'm mad
2: Canadian beer
1: 100%.
2: Yeah, man, in the shower zone, John and Sylvia start getting busy, mm-hmm.
1: they have pushed together. A bunch of the weird folding benches Mm -hmm. that seem very uncomfortable. (laughs) And they're making out just on top of it.
2: John shows her how to get all of the uniforms that are eerily hanging above them down. Mm -hmm. And uh, they like start jokingly pulling them down. She's like, oh, do you know what we need? And then he pulls out a condom. Very responsible. (laughs) But that's not what she was talking about. She just thinks they need a couple beers. Which they do. And offers to go with him to get them, but he says he'll go alone and thereby dooms her.
1: Well, he's trying to be chivalrous, I guess. It's sad.
2: So she lays back down and he goes back to the party, to the kitchen to grab some beers. There's some
1: ladies hanging around the hot dog water.
2: Yeah, Gretchen and another lady. Yeah,
1: they're topping it up.
2: (laughs) More water for me. They're getting hot dogs and then they find a heart in the water. Giant heart. Uh, which is gross but they think
1: it's a joke and this is what distracts him while he's getting beer out of the fridge he just
2: grabs a whole six-pack without looking at the corpse inside Yeah, does not notice dave's body oh no back with sylvia she hears something and starts getting spooked out as all the showers start to turn on one by one
0: john if you're trying to scare me you're doing a good job
2: then all of the uniforms start falling down around her. Like spiders. Which is effectively very scary. Yes, and
1: disorienting because when you turn around to see if there was someone behind you. And Something then the, else falls down. And then you
2: get all fucked around and you don't know where you are. And then Happy's body falls down and the killer grabs her by the head just like John did and mm-hmm. lifts her up. Then carries her into the shower and sticks the shower pipe through the back of her head, and turns the water on. Yeah, mounts her, basically. Terrible. Very terrible. Not a fun way to go. John gets back with the beer, and he sees the shower on, so he thinks it's like a sexy thing. hmm And he goes in, and... Then he sees her body hanging there with water coming out of her mouth. And he does a very good job face acting and reacting to it, I thought.
1: Yeah, he like grabs
2: his own head. Yeah, he's like in shock, which he continues throughout the rest of the movie. Actually, yeah, he looks like him.
1: super teary-eyed and he reclamped basically.
2: Patty proposes to the crew that they all go down into the mine. They S- love it. Yeah. They love this,
1: <laughs> let's go to the mine, oh my god, can't wait to go. <laughs> This dirty hole in the ground. Hey, how about a little trip down to the mine. The mine. Yeah, it'll be great. Come on, it's supposed to be like a roller coaster, isn't it? It's two thousand feet down. That's okay. will cheer her up anyway. Come on, Hollis. Come on, Mike. Let's go. What? Hey, Hollis, you going down to the mine? Well. Yes, 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 yes. Come on. Come <laughs> on. Come on, Hollis. Chicken. Chicken. Hey, why don't we go down to the mine? All Come right, on. one quick ride down and then right back up. Hey, what about gear?
0: Yeah, get that six packs. <laughs>
2: so Hollis, Patty, Sarah, Howard, Mike, and Harriet all head out to go down despite TJ's ag- objections of no women in the mine.
1: But he immediately gives up.
2: Yeah, he really does not try very hard at all to get them to stop.
1: No. <laughs> Even though this is on top of a terrible idea, another terrible idea. <laughs> like, hey, uh, we're already on this active work site uh let's go to the most active and most dangerous portion of that work site while we're drunk and just dick around <laughs> i don't know i feel like such a stick in the mud now that i'm like ah, why aren't you being safe i just feel like i would not want to be involved in a mining accident
2: i know that's <laughs> intentional though by the director like that's part of the commentary uh, that they're disobeying the safety and that's oh. why they die and stuff
1: well that's interesting yeah
2: always love a good OSHA
1: message embedded into a horror movie. OSHA? Occupational Health and Safety. Ah, gotcha. Something like that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, so they, like, Patty is, despite this being her idea, she's instantly afraid of the mind. She's mm-hmm. like, can
1: you believe we're doing this? It's so dark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they uh, get down to the bottom and Howard thinks he sees something. But Uh-oh. he just ignores it, and they start exploring. Harriet and Mike break away from the crowd to go bone down. And Mike looks like so many dudes I've seen IRL. Like so many guys. Can I be
1: honest with you? I thought he was pretty handsome. He He yes. had a giant nose. He did. Yeah.
2: He's like standard uh, Canadian hockey bro number five. Yeah, something like that.
1: Definitely. Not the main one with no. the long hair, but one of the auxiliary <laughs> ones that uh, doesn't grow his hair long because of church I guess I don't know I don't know
2: surface side they found Dave's body in the fridge Mm -hmm. and it's at the exact like Gretchen is freaking out Mm -hmm. it's at the exact time that John comes in to say that Sylvia is dead and he is truly distraught cannot talk at all he like can't function Uh, Axel says Harry Warden's back and tells them all to leave
0: somebody's (laughs) killed Harry Warden, he's here. Everybody, get the fuck out! Go, go, go!
1: Which
2: everyone does immediately. Yeah, they all drive off, and then TJ tells them that Sarah's down in the mine, and uh, the two of them get kitted up and the and phones to go down, been down there. cut. What? So yeah, everyone is haphazardly, drunkenly speeding away from yeah. the mine now. Uh, Sarah and Patty get spooked by Hollis. Mm-hmm. And continue their adventure in the mines with him as tour guide. And then they get double spooked when Howard pops down and scares them again out of nowhere.
1: Man, the commitment to scaring these women. Yes. uh, I'm just going to drunkenly hide up in the ceiling of this mine shaft and maybe (laughs) they'll come here and then I'll pop down and scare the shit out of them.
2: Hollis was actually another intentional subversion of a trope in movies. Tell me about it. In that... So he's the overweight character. Mm -hmm. He's usually like the gross disgustoid character, Mm -hmm. whereas he's like a leader. Oh, yeah. And he has one of the most attractive girlfriends.
1: He breaks up the fight. Yeah. And like in a very
2: diplomatic way. Mm -hmm. So instead of being like a gross pervy wiener, he's just like a regular dude. Yeah, Which actually, was an intentional thing I guess
1: And then he also like when they're in the junkyard Making TV dinners He's also the one to come and be like hey, Yeah you good no? he's a,
2: just a good guy
1: Good catch I hadn't thought of it that way <laughs> I like it
2: We see that the miner was watching them And he watches them leave And Harriet and Mike Are just getting down to business The miner starts Walking the shaft And smashing out lights as he goes
1: Very creepy sound with the pickaxe,
2: too, so it's like wha-choo. the quad decide to go get Mike and Harriet mm-hmm. and leave, so they try and go do that. Um, elsewhere in Valentine's Bluffs, John, <clears throat> John Gretchen, and Tommy? Tommy,
1: yeah, it's Tommy because the sheriff says his name, Tommy
2: Whitcomb because his jacket also has his last name oh, on yeah.
1: it, yeah. But so Tommy is fucking peeling down (laughs) the street he's fishtailing all over the place i haven't seen driving that crazy you know like legitimately bad in a while in a movie and he pulls up right next to the sheriff who starts laying in on him yeah um i don't know i have a feeling if i was a sheriff and someone pulled up like that i would be like there's probably something wrong first they're not just drunk driving and then choosing to stop beside me whatever (laughs)
2: they let him know that someone's killing people at the mine and he zooms off john is so sad he is he still is like (laughs) non-functioning
1: it was funny but like not really funny no you know what i mean
2: the four in the mine find tj who tells them about the murders Mm -hmm. and tells them that they need to gtfo and hollis finds mike and harriet's body with a big drill through them. Yeah, they got Slumber Party massacred. And then he backs up and the we see the miner load a nail gun and puts it to his head and shoots.
1: It's one of those like uh no country for old men style
2: where you have to manually load yeah. each
1: nail. So it really takes his time doing it and, and you he get to does watch it.
2: Not die fast like they do in horror movies traditionally with stuff like this.
1: Which is totally
2: realistic. Realistic because you can
1: uh there have been case studies that I've read where people have had like twenty-seven nails yeah. drilled into their head, and they are they walk themselves to the hospital or stuff he like that. He
2: really just starts losing vision and is able to sort of get away. Yeah, and he hobbles back to the the other three, and then he dies. Oof. Patty is not happy about it. No, she's <laughs> com-
1: she becomes basically like
2: yeah, I've checked out. <laughs> Then they see the miners start coming towards them and oh. Howard runs away. They say that uh, like Sarah's pissed at him for leaving them, but the two of them actively choose to stay. Yeah. Like they don't.
1: That's my feeling as well. He didn't leave them. They didn't follow him. Yeah. <laughs>
2: but Sarah grabs the light from Hollis's body mm-hmm. and Patty... Is having a royal freakout. She doesn't even want to move, so Sarah slaps her.
0: We have to get out of here! No! Stop it!
1: Sarah's really taking yeah. charge of the situation. I wouldn't have thought to grab the light myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's smart. Like,
2: ah. But whatever. Uh, then Axel shows up, mm-hmm. and the three of them start making a break for it. Patty is largely useless and does the whole, I don't want to leave her. I can't do it. Which we talked about in our uh, like the last movie too, because whatever the fuck her name was, the one character who was in it was like, no, I want to stay with Tim or Tom. He's dead. I gotta
1: join him.
2: Oh no, goodbye. Sarah really lays into her a few times too about the whole. (laughs) Stop being a fucking idiot! Say like, (laughs) shut up. Just
1: walk. Like
2: (laughs) (laughs) they hear somebody coming, and Axel grabs a log, a support beam, something like that. And then he, it, it turns out it's TJ, and he hits him as he rounds the corner. Right in the gut. Then you know the perfect spot to disable an attacker.
1: Hit him in the gut.
2: The chief arrives at the mine and very dramatically, very dramatically mm-hmm. pulls his gun out. And he's waving it all around. You can tell that he, he's not practicing good trigger safety either. I don't runs up to the spooky elevator shaft, and mm-hmm. then he can hear the radio from his car, so he runs back to take it. Uh, the underground crew finds the elevator's control. They're all smashed. And so they have to climb up the ladder. Ugh. Axel oh. goes first, then Patty and Sarah with TJ last.
1: Can you, I just want to take a moment. Climbing a ladder up two miles. No thanks. And it's all rusted and filthy and there's water all over it. <laughs> I would definitely have fallen off. Somewhere around the first hundred meters, probably.
2: No thanks. <laughs> uh Patty freaks out more because she doesn't want... I don't want to move anymore! I don't want to go any further! Please, don't we
1: stop going in the way? There's no other way! Now move it, dammit! Ladder's too scary.
2: And Sarah yells at her again, so... They tell Axel to go slower because of Patty's incompetence uh, to the point where Sarah literally has to, like, cradle her from behind. Yeah,
1: like a... I don't even know what you would call that. Like a koala almost on her back, sort of.
2: And then Howard's body falls down and gets beheaded by the weight, which was a nice touch.
1: I like that a lot, too. And... At the perfect height to splatter both women in his juices. So that sort of puts a kibosh in the latter plan. Yeah,
2: so they go back down, which is an odd choice, but a choice nonetheless. It's not like
1: there's more people to throw down on them.
2: They decide they have to go for the wheel cars, and Axel knows a shortcut. Of course he does. uh, They start going, and they find the underground water pit. Ah. It's just a filled
1: in 60 foot deep pit.
2: Yep. TJ leads the girls over and Axel stays back to watch and they call for him to say they're over when we hear a, a grunt and then they go back and they find that the railing is broken and there's air bubbles and the light from the helmet slowly sinking into the oh, water. Oh no. That's apparently 60 feet deep, there's which is- nothing they can do. 10 fathoms. <laughs> a fact we learned recently yes it is a fathom is six feet it sounds so much more
1: intense when yeah put it in fathoms it's 10 fathoms deep
2: (laughs) uh yeah so then the three of them start trucking away and then patty ends up getting axed or pickaxed in the gut yeah tj leaves for no reason yes i can't remember why he leaves he i don't know either but he goes, and then uh, Patty gets pickaxed in the gut, leaving Sarah frightened and alone. But, I mean, I feel bad for her, but she was largely just a hindrance to the other characters. Me,
1: too. I agree. It's a shame.
2: The, the police all show up, and also the mayor, mm-hmm. who owns the mine, and also people who work in the mine, I assume? I, I was confused by I that. I just wrote down, uh, other the miners? mayor
1: shows up with a million people cuz they are all running down there. Yeah.
2: TJ finds Sarah and they embrace. Uh he leads her away and the police and the other miners start heading down. Um the miner shows up and ominously threatens Sarah and TJ with the, the weapon and they ah. they jump on the cars and start heading topside while he walks on top of the cars after them, like sort of like a train chase, I yeah, guess. Yeah, very slow train chase, moving
1: it slightly faster <laughs> than walking speeds. And
2: uh, TJ he, fights him off with a shovel. Yeah,
1: he's got like a coal shovel. And when the pickaxe like hits the wall, sparks come off and everything. Like it's pretty pretty intense spooky yeah would not like to be stabbed by a pickaxe if given the option
2: (laughs) option. uh the shovel gets knocked out of his hands and tj and the miner Mm -hmm. roll off the the carts yeah so sarah grabs the shovel and jumps off with them
1: hands it to tj perfect
2: the whole time the miner keeps swinging the pickaxe And then we see the carts pass the chief and the crew, so we know that they must be close. Yeah, very fast getting down Uh, there. Sarah and TJ duck into a closed shaft as the fight continues. The miner starts knocking support beams down, and things start falling. There's dust everywhere. Uh, Sarah grabs a big rock and hits him in the back with it. Which was fantastic. Just like, Then, just as he's about to stab TJ, Sarah grabs the mask off and Mm -hmm. reveals that it's Axel. But why? Cue a flashback of his dad being one of the managers who uh, Harry Warden killed. Mm -hmm. And he saw the whole thing. He was there under the bed.
1: And not only did he see it, he got covered in gore.
2: Yeah, man. And was
1: catatonic afterwards.
2: The shaft starts collapsing and Sarah and TJ narrowly escape. The rest of everybody finally gets mm-hmm. there. Um, the chief says that Harry Warden died five years ago, and TJ tells him that it was Axel. What? But why? They go into the shaft to get Axel and find his arms sticking out. Mm-hmm. They say that he's still alive, so Sarah runs back to see, and his hands like twitching, and then it grabs her when she touches his hands. And it won't let go. And Until. Well, the reason is because he's cutting it off Yeah, and he needs her arm to hold on to <laughs> While he's doing it So, oh, I, I just assumed it was like a reflex of the, the arm
1: Oh, I thought he was doing it intentionally To be like, I'm gonna fucking hold oh. on to this And like crush your arm while I'm cutting my hand <laughs> off And then you'll pull it out It'll traumatize you even yeah. more. Which is exactly what happens. She should not have gone back, and it was out of character for her to do so, I think.
2: I and mean, he starts ranting crazily and laughing.
1: I'll be waiting in hell for you! <sighs>
0: Harry, Harry, I'm coming. This whole fucking town is going to die. We're coming back, you bastards! <laughs> Sarah, be my bloody valentine. <laughs> Daddy
1: gone away. Harry made
2: you pay. <laughs> Fade to black and cue the song, which didn't even make it very far in our uh, music spectacular. No, but it was very good. Mm-hmm. I still love it. <laughs> and that's it. It was a great movie. It is a great movie. I know it's I think your favorite one, right? One like of my favorite movie?
1: flash slasher movies. I and... like
2: I like a lot of things about it. Um I don't know, it's it's a classic. Uh it it's interesting because I grew up in a town like this, mm-hmm. where it was like an industry based town. So I imagine it's very similar to what my town looked like in terms of nineteen eighty. Yeah. And I don't even, like my dad worked in, it was a paper mill in my town, mm-hmm. not a mine, but similar sort of thing. Like it's a paper mill. Everyone mine. worked there and stuff, so I don't know. And it all just feels so hyper-Canadian that it's almost like looking through a time capsule or something. I guess a lot of these slasher movies are Canadian though.
1: That is true. I wonder if there's anything about the Canadian psyche at this time that promoted them.
2: I'm not sure. I'm sure we could, like, look that up or something. We'll have to look into Canadian history.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ugh.
2: Well, it would have been, like, right after the FLQ stuff, right? Oh,
1: yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Canada has a province called Quebec, uh, which is a huge portion of French speakers and almost gained independence. And the FLQ were a French terrorist organization. Who kidnapped people and killed them and stuff. Yeah, they were not good guys. Yeah,
2: they were bad guys. (laughs) So, uh, Six Degrees of Jamie Lee for this guy. Cynthia Dale, who played Patty, was in The Boy in Blue with Jeff Wincott, who was in Prom Night with Jamie Lee Curtis. There you go. So, pretty quick and easy one for that. I love it. Prom Night, also Canadian slasher. Mm. And the same composer, Paul Zaza, who does so many of these movies. And the writer also wrote Happy Birthday to Me. Nice. Yeah.
1: That's funny how they're all connected like that.
2: I forget who... Oh, no. It was like a... I was reading an interview with Paul... whatever the hell his name is. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul Kelman, who plays TJ. And he was talking about, like, his career after this because the interviewer was like, oh, did this, like, help your career or anything? And he was like, well, the big difference was... I." Started going up for lead roles. I mean, he didn't really work very much or anything, but mm-hmm. he was like listing his like competition at the time, and one of them was, uh, in curtains, which was an interesting thing. He that was is just like the one girl's boyfriends, like the oh. the pinup girls' boyfriends.
1: That is really interesting.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Who also had a very intense Canadian accent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway. So the whole shebang began when George Mahalka was approached by Cinepix Productions with a two-movie contract and was then asked to direct a horror slasher-type deal, which he presented in mid-1980. Got off to a rocky start when there was a health issue with the screenwriter, Um, so they needed a pretty fast turnaround with production because it was the time of like holiday-themed slashers with all of them coming out around the same Mm -hmm. time. So they had a pretty strict schedule so it could be released on Valentine's Day. Oh, nice. And the screenwriter was out due to this health issue, so the producers realized that there was going to be no chance that they could get the screenplay ready to shoot. So they needed to... um, Like, they needed the movie to be in 12,000 theaters by February and they were in an extra rush because they knew Halloween 2 and uh, Friday the 13th were also in development Mm -hmm. so by mid-July they had one page of the script Ooh! so I yeah so they brought in the standby who is John Beard
1: I hope it was the first page at least (laughs) yeah
2: Uh, so they brought him in from L.A. to start work on the story, and once it was written, they'd start looking for locations and whatnot. So while they were writing, they were doing pre-production. So the director, Mahalka, would approve the mine and locations, and then he would come back with specifics about the location so they could write deaths and horror scenes to match the locations, like the shower death. Because there were no shower heads, just like the pipes or the big industrial kitchen. That's actually really interesting. Yes, it
1: is. It's like a movie written around a location. Yeah. Instead of a location created around a movie.
2: (laughs) Because they had to do it all at the same time. No, that's really interesting. And in addition, they would joke that it was the deer hunter of horror movies because they were including social commentary about small working class towns Mm -hmm. and how people were losing work around that time because it was the beginning of the Rust Belt. Yeah, so um, filming took place between September and November of 1980 in Nova Scotia. The mine was in, uh, was the Sydney Mines, which they scouted because it was a non-working mine and it was dark and spooky. So they took pictures and they took it back to the producers and got it approved and in what is one of the most Canadian stories of all time. When they returned three weeks later for filming, they were shocked to find out that the residents of the town and the mine management I totally cleaned, painted, and fixed up the mine because they thought it was too dirty.
1: Oh, that's so sweet.
2: No, like <laughs> I mean it is to a think thought. Of. I mean it fucked them over. I heard. Uh, Mahalka refers to it as looking like a Walt Disney set. Oh no. Good intentions, but it totally screwed the production over because they now had to spend uh, fifty thousand dollars of their budget to go over budget, because they had to hire a bunch of painters and flying scenic artists to repaint the mine again and make it look like it was old. Wow,
1: I was wondering why they had scenic artists, because they aren't, like, walking around outside Mm -hmm. a whole bunch. Wow. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. sucks. But that's funny.
2: The production also had a lot of issues with filming and was actually one of the first movies to use a digital light reader, because as they discovered because of the methane gas, they were unable to use traditional lighting because they could spark and they could only use safety lamps that were 25 watts. They would have to be evacuated at least once a week due to methane gas buildup. And on top of that, they were working over 900 feet underground every day. The elevators could only take 20 people at a time and they took 15 to 20 minutes each uh, time. The tunnels weren't very tall, so people couldn't stand properly. It just sounds like it was a bad time overall, and they really had to rush.
1: Well, oh, it doesn't come out in the movie. It seems no, it looks tight very good and very
2: natural. So, after filming wrapped in November, they had to have the film edited by the end of January. Holy shit. Uh, because it took three weeks for the prints so they were basically working 18 hours a day seven days a week to make sure that they could deliver the film on time uh i also read in an interview with paul kelman or tj Mm -hmm. that they had to build a copy of the bar set to reshoot the one scene in the bar when tj is talking to the bartender and they're telling the story of harry warden Mm -hmm. Because they shot it towards the end of production, and chronologically it was supposed to be at the start, Paul had gained a bunch of weight. (laughs) He says he gained, like, 20 pounds from drinking beer. So from one scene to the next, he had a belly, and the producers hated it, and they wanted it fixed. So they did, uh, they rebuilt the the bar set somewhere else, and they had to do above-the-waist shots to try and fix it. Yeah.
1: I wonder what kind of beer he drank. I don't
2: know. Moosehead probably freely provided them. After the finished editing, uh, they ran into their next snag because the MPAA was historically extremely hard on the film. Yeah. They handed in their cut and they were basically told not to even bother because they were giving it an X rating. Which is wild. So instead of like the 12,000 theaters, it could Play in maybe a hundred theaters That were porn theaters oh, That's and, awful The yeah, MPA
1: is a terrible organization There
2: was not going to be a way to show the movies So they had to cut every death scene Down to nothing With one of them being cut out all together yeah. It was a constant back and forth Where they'd ask for cuts The editors would make the cuts And then they'd tell them they needed to cut Even more frames So this really bummed them out because the special effects in this movie are fucking fantastic. And the goal from the get-go was to create a state-of-the-art sort of effect and really showcase it, because they'd allocated a third of the budget to doing the special effects. They were doing them all in one shot to contrast other movies at the time, Mm -hmm. where they'd show the killer with the weapon and then cut to the person with the weapon in them already. So they... Wanted it where, for example, uh like when Happy dies with the pickaxe under the chin, it was all in the same shot where the eyeball would pop out. And yeah, yeah. so a lot of them, they Ugh. just wanted it to work like that.
1: Fucking MPA,
2: man. I guess a lot of the harshness is attributed to the backlash after Friday the 13th came out. And also because of the murder of John Lennon. So there was like oh. a strong... Reaction against that in regards to violence
1: ruined something else too.
2: (laughs) It was released in February of 1981 and ended up grossing 5.6 million on a budget of 2.3.
1: I'm glad it made a profit at least,
2: but Paramount considers it a box office disappointment because it only grossed a third of what Friday the 13th had.
1: Well, yeah, when you cut out all the heart out of it, I
2: can definitely understand why. But I mean, obviously it. Is now considered in the horror community mm-hmm. a classic and it's a cult film. Depth
1: for good reason. Yeah. I love it. It looks great. Um, it's There's those imperceptibly Canadian moments mm-hmm. to it. Makes me happy to watch it.
2: Me too. I love yeah. this movie and it's a great staple because I don't really watch it except for around Valentine's Day. So. Yeah.
1: I think it's kind of funny. Like we have the MPAA on the one hand, this like super intense. Body being like, shave it down, shave it down, shave it down. Whereas in Canada, the government paid for part
2: of the film, didn't it? I would imagine it, it did. It,
1: it had credits for the Canadian film board on it. Mm-hmm. And Famous Players, which I thought was funny. Which...
2: And I mean, our rating system is nowhere near as restrictive as, restrictive yeah. as the American one. Um, yeah. When did we watch this movie together for the first time?
1: I'm not sure. It wouldn't have been... Valentine's Day would it have been the first date? I, I don't
2: think so. I feel like it might have been the same night that we watched The Prowler. I feel like that was probably something I would double double feature.
1: Which would make sense, because they both are pickaxe, or like, you know what I mean, like big, they're wearing the suits. Yeah, and very similar now. costumes. Yeah, so. yeah, that makes sense.
2: <laughs> and then, I mean, there was the remake in 2009, which... Um, it's okay. It's like an okay one.
1: Did we watch it together?
2: I think we have watched it together, but if we have, we've watched it one time. I'm not like a huge fan of it. It's just sort of like a fine movie. It's yeah. in three D. Ooh. <laughs> um I think some people really like it. I'm just sort of like meh about it. It came out the same year as the Friday the thirteenth remake, and I really like the Friday the thirteenth yeah, remake. Me too. So it's like, I don't know.
1: Which we watched again recently.
2: Well, we started to watch, and you fell asleep. Oh,
1: no, I did. (laughs) I'm sorry. It was good, though. I like that movie. Uh, Michael Bay should definitely produce a writer. However he touched that movie, he should do it again. With another (laughs) horror movie, preferably not a franchise.
2: Indeed. So with that, we hope you guys had a fantastic Valentine's Day yesterday. And we hope... You have a fantastic weekend. Go see Happy Death Day to you, if that's your vibe. I think mm-hmm. we will probably, we either have seen it by the time this comes out, or we will be seeing it.
1: Eventually, yeah.
2: So, thank you. If you want to follow us on social media, you can at Blood on Twitter, Definitely First Blood on Instagram. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us, DefinitelyFirstBlood at gmail.com. Can like, rate, review whatever the heck you want to do Hit that anywhere bell you listen icon. to them. so goodbye later happy Valentine's Day bye, bye.